Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Hello, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program with our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. We are coming to you live this evening from downtown New York City, just a couple blocks from the World Trade Center. My name is Micah. I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight, as always, if you want to be part of our conversation or if you would like prayer, you can give us a call at our studio phone number, 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, we are switching gears this weekend and taking a one-week break from our series on the Book of Romans to talk about these most important current events. Absolutely, Micah, because it seems that on October 7th, that Saturday, the world changed, Mm -hmm. and it could be almost like a 9-11 kind of change that is going to come to our world through Mm -hmm. that one day. So we thought it good when Dr. Craig Hartman contacted me, and he is the director of Shalom Ministries and has family, many friends throughout Israel, as well as Arab friends and Jewish friends. So Dr. Hartman is with us tonight in the studio. Director of Shalom Ministries, thank you for being here tonight, brother. It's great to be here with you, though I would have preferred it under different circumstances, obviously. Mm -hmm. We know that you have been deeply burdened about the events that have happened in in uh, the land of Israel, and uh, and so we know we know that you have much to share this evening, giving us information, background, as well as present information, as well as look into the future and see how God is going to work through this. So we're glad to have you with us here tonight, Dr. Hartman. And as we begin our program, I thought it good as well, Micah, that we read from Psalm 83. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this psalm. I entitled 10 Against One. It talks about the 10 different nations surrounding Israel against them to annihilate them. And so the present conflict that Israel is in is really part of this long war against Israel. Mm -hmm. So let's read from Psalm 83 just as we begin our program tonight and start our conversation with Dr. Hartman. Psalm 83 verse 1 says, Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance, and I really believe that gets to the heart of this conflict, mm-hmm. that there are, there are nations in the world and people who hate God, who want to destroy Israel mm-hmm. in order to thwart God's plan with that this nation of, that he has chosen. Verse 5 says, 
for they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. And then he goes into the ten different nations. When we'll skip all the way down. Mike, if you could start us off again. Why don't you read from verse 14? For 14. As the fire burneth a wood, and as the flame setteth the mountains on fire, so persecute them with thy tempest, and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. Amen. So let's pray tonight as we begin. Now, Lord God, we pray that you'll just take this hour over and glorify thy name, even as your word says, that you would fill your the, the faces of the enemies with shame, your enemies that are against you that are against your people, that are against your promises, that you would fill them with shame so that they may seek your name. Lord, we pray that through this terrible situation that is, has happened and is ongoing in Israel and the Gaza Strip and the land war that is about to, to happen, we pray, God, that your name would be glorified, and we pray that it would lead to the salvation of souls in Israel as well as Gentiles, that men would be saved and know that you are the Most High over all the earth. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last Saturday, as I mentioned, we saw this horrible reigniting of this long war against Israel. From the days of Abraham... And then to Moses and to David and throughout Israel's history, they have been surrounded by enemies who often arise to attempt their annihilation. And that's what Psalm 83 is about. And that's really what the present conflict is still about. So we're here tonight to talk with Dr. Craig Hartman. And he's the director of Shalom Ministries. And Dr. Hartman, we go back a little ways. We've known each other a <laughs> pretty long time. We are friends, and it's great to have you with us tonight. And we want to talk about this this situation. First, look at the background information and, and go through some things on the background of who the Palestinian people are and so forth. And then we'll look at the present war and then look at some of the prophetic aspects and what this might have to do with prophecy. So I know you have a lot to share. I know your cup is overflowing. So why don't you just get us started here tonight, Dr. Hartman, and talk to us about some background information as far as who the Palestinian people are. And I think a lot of people think the Palestinians, when the, and when we read in the Bible, we see Philistines, they might think the Palestinians and the Philistines are one and the same. But give us some information on who the Palestinian people are. Sure. Um, well, the Palestinian people uh, typically w would be called Palestinian because of, of a connection to um, a place called Palestine. Mm -hmm. Now, now what, whatever Palestine is has had an interesting history of its own. Mm -hmm. So today, if a person is thought of as being Palestinian, is different than to a certain extent maybe 100 years ago and even 2,000 years ago. Right. So, so for the sake of what people need to understand about what a Palestinian person is, mm -hmm. let's just talk briefly about what that means today. Mm -hmm. um, when Israel declared itself a nation, and there had been Jewish people and people of Arab descent in the land for, for many, many years, and obviously we're not going to build the entire history, but just to focus in on the Palestinian 
um, you know, title, if you mm -hmm. will, and, and, and working backwards. Mm. In 1960, in 1948 and in 1967, 1948, Israel's declaration of statehood. I don't really prefer the reference to declar uh, Israel declaring herself independent. It's really a declaration of statehood, mm -hmm. uh, subtle difference but important, and um, in the 67 war as well, what you had was a situation where Israel was attacked mm -hmm. by the Arab nations around her mm -hmm. at a time when, at times, in these two, and it, it was also other times, but these two times in particular, as it relates to the appellation of um, Palestinian, in these two times, there were Arab people within what were the borders of, we'll call it Israel, mm -hmm. okay? They had a choice, certainly in 1948 and again in 1967, but not at the same level. They had a choice of becoming citizens of Israel or not. Mm. Those that chose to be citizens of Israel became citizens of Israel. Mm -hmm. And now their number is nearly two million full citizens of the state of Israel equal to the Jewish citizens mm -hmm. of the state of Israel. Israel has nine plus million people, seven-ish million Jews, two slightly less than two million Arabs. The ones that did not accept citizenship thought that they were going to be uh, um, uh, rescued, if you will, by the surrounding Arab nations. Mm. Some stayed thinking they were going to be rescued and some left, mm -hmm. but they were never repatriated back to their home countries. So those people, in other words, Arab people within the land and without the land who were who had opportunity to be a part of the citizenship of Israel, but declined or didn't for other reasons, uh, or declined for, for a variety of reasons, they are without a country. Okay, so there were Arabs in Israel. Yes. And you said, but they were, they, they, they thought they would be repatriated back to their country. Well, they, they thought, where, where were they from? They or, were, well, most of them were from Jordan. Okay. okay? The, the vast majority. What were they Jordan. doing in Israel? Working, living. You know, it's it's like why would people go to New Jersey? Okay. Well, why don't people go to New Jersey anyway, right? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it would be like New Yorkers going to Pennsylvania. You know, there are a variety of reasons, but mostly for work. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay? Um, or historical planting of roots from the families. Those those kind of things. So. They, some of them thought that the Arab countries were going to come in and destroy Israel because they were being attacked from all sides. Mm -hmm. So why bother leaving? We'll just sit tight, wait out the war, and we'll stay living here. Mm -hmm. Others did leave, but they weren't repatriated. Mm. So because of these, be, these people, and they had children, and their children had children, and so on, this number has grown from several hundred thousand to around four million, maybe five million. And... The, the term Palestinian, as people would think of it today, in the context of the conflict right now or the war, is these displaced people, if I could use that term correctly, mm. who essentially have no citizenship, but they are of Arab descent mm -hmm. in the land, or at least in or around the land. The connection or lack thereof to the, to the Philistines is somewhat discussed in the history, you know, scholars of history will talk about this. It seems like, well, first of all, the short answer is no. These are not the Philistines. Right. They're not even descendants of the Philistines. Right. But even There's the no Ro ethnic connection. No, none at all. Yeah. But even the Romans knew 
that the Philistines didn't like the Jews and the Jews didn't like the Philistines. Yeah. And I'm using Jews and Israelites interchangeably. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, you know, many people are are are, um, are familiar with the with the with the revolt of night of 19 of uh, of 70 A.D. Mm -hmm. Right. Every mm -hmm. many people are familiar with that. But what people don't realize is there was a second major uprising against Rome by the Jews. And that happened in 135 A.D. Mm. Sometimes referred to in, in the non-Jewish world, it's often referred to as the Hadrian Revolt or the Revolt under Hadrian because he was a Roman leader. Uh, in the Jewish world, it's referred to as the Bar Kokhba Revolt because there was a, a gentleman at the time claiming to be the Messiah who was supported by a key rabbi of the day, and that was part of the revolt. Not to get into those details, but anyway, as a punishment, as a punishment to, to, against the Jews, this is how it, it's thought. Mm -hmm. This is the, the theory it's, it, it, that is attributed to this. Mm -hmm. Hadrian, as part of the punishment to the Jews, he renamed the land, the area, uh, Palestina or Syria, Palestina, and in that way sort of disconnected the Jews from the land, mm -hmm. or at least conceptually um, rubbing, in their, rubbing it in their faces, if you will, by renaming and that was when, that was in one one thirty five A.D. Yeah, the Hadrian the Kokhba revolt. Yeah, I yeah. think it's interesting though because when we read Philistine in the Bible, it's the same landmass what we would term the Gaza Strip. So you right. had the Philistines and now you have the Palestinians. So some people may think, oh, that's their land that they were on thousands of years ago. Right. They should have full right to. That's why I'm uh, seeking to. No, establish and it's a fair that. point because some people are saying that that this? led to some of the thinking to use that term because Philistine. You know. Right. And to, and to ask this question, has there ever been an Arab nation in the land of what we call Israel today? Has there ever been an Arab nation that had a, a legal, legal national entity there? Not in the sense that, I mean, there were Arab people there. There, right. But not in the sense that you're asking. Because again, the 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 Palestinians somehow believe that Israel has no right to this land, and they do. But there's no historical connection to an Arab nation being there. Right. Well, you're raising a very big topic with that one. So, um, I think in order to respond, if you don't mind, let me unpack it a little and give a little historical background. So, many people like to talk about the Middle East crisis and the Middle East conflicts, plural, in terms of the last 75 years-ish, which is basically the formation of the State of Israel in 1948. Mm -hmm. But really, what we have to do is go back before that to World War One. okay? Mm -hmm. So at the end, of, and I'll, I will do this as quickly as I can, but I think some of these dates are important just to get a feel for the, 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 the land issue. Um, the, the World War One comes to an end. The Ottoman Empire is vanquished, and the Arab lands and the Arab peoples sided with the Ottomans. Okay, they were part of the either they were part of or sided with mm -hmm. the Ottomans. Okay, that means they lost, <laughs> so they are the losers. Now, you know, I'm not passing judgment on any of this. I'm just, you know, stating facts. So the winners of World War One, primarily America, France, and Britain got together and held some meetings over the course of a couple of years mm -hmm. to determine what to do with the spoils of war. And one of the spoils of war was the Middle East, mm -hmm. okay, the Ottoman Empire and what to do about that. The decision was made to give 
So it doesn't even matter, in other words, what I'm saying. It doesn't even matter before World War One. The world was redrawn mm -hmm. at the end of World War One, and that's where this whole story begins. Mm. And that was not too long after uh, Theodore Herzl was on the scene and had gotten some um, interest among some of the nations that weren't feeling this way beforehand of, uh, of a place for the Jews to, to, to have a, 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 in the Middle East, at least if not if not all of their, most of their, or some of their um, historical and ancient homeland. So anyway, the decision was made to give an Arab, an, an Arab state and a Jewish state in what we think of as the Middle East. Uh, effective with the, with, the, with the conclusion of the Versailles Conferences in 1918, 1919, Israel, I should say the Jewish people were supposed to get every inch of what is now Jordan, and every inch of what is now Israel. Mm -hmm. And then an Arab state was going to be created, ranging from where Iraq is all the way to Yemen, essentially the Arabian Peninsula. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So there you had an intention to have side by side a Jewish state and an Arab state, but the Arabs were not given control over the, the area of the Jewish state. Mm -hmm. Here's the fascinating thing in light of the first question. When they came out of this conference and, and, and had the intention of dividing it that way, the area that was given to that was that was intended to be for the Jews, what we're calling Israel and Jordan, was to be called Palestine. Mm. Okay, so here you think about it now. Mm. We associate the term Palestine today with non-Jews when when the world was redrawn at the end of World War One, the area that was supposed to be the homeland for the Jews was to be called Palestine. Anyway, so we go forth from nineteen nineteen. I'll go real quick through this. Just the highlights. Nineteen twenty two because of uprisings and dif difficulties in the area, Britain, that had been given administration over this area until everybody figured out what to do, uh, was was really having a hard time handling the, 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 the uprisings among the Arabs. So they took what was now what is now Jordan, mm -hmm. they chopped it off of the Jewish homeland, they renamed it Transjordan. It wasn't even called Jordan yet. Remember, mm -hmm. it's part of Palestine, mm -hmm. and it's supposed right. to be for the Jews. Mm -hmm. Cut off Jordan, call it Transjordan, gave that to the Arabs as another Arab state in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And the Jews now have, at that moment, pretty similar to what they have now if we include the West Bank and the disputed territories, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. So, in other words, at that moment in 1922, Israel went from whatever it was supposed to have at the end of World War One mm -hmm. to 20, close to 20, a little bit, approximately 20% of what they were supposed to have. The Arab community said, no, not acceptable. Okay, the Jews said, "We'll take it." They just wanted somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is a whittling away of the land. Yeah. And if we carry that forward, we find that we we, we get into um, um, the, the the further along the way, the United Na the League of Nations was 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 ap was ha was was in, uh, active at the time. Mm -hmm. They proved to be inept, inept yeah. and they dis disappeared. It was replaced by the. Um, uh, the United Nations, which is also inept, but they haven't figured it out yet, but soon, <laughs> soon maybe. Um, they were trying to handle this tension in the area, which if we stop and think for a second, who in the history of the world loses in a major war mm -hmm. and then dictates what land they should get afterwards? Mm -hmm. It's just never happened. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of things that happen only with respect to Israel and the Jews. Well, mm -hmm. anyway, just again to the highlights, 
we get to the, the, the existence of the United Nations, they try to find a way of dealing with the, the tension in the area and the uprisings and all the difficult problems and the, and the battles and the skirmishes. And ultimately, and, and, there's, and, there's, and, the world, and the world was not of one mind to give that a homeland to the Jews, even though it was supposed to be at the end of World War I. Mm-hmm. But then the Holocaust happened. Mm. And the Holocaust was so extreme. Mm. That it finally pushed the world community over the, the 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 finish line to support it, and the United Nations said, "Okay, there needs to be a homeland in the Middle East for Israel, and here are the lines we're going to give." Okay, well, those lines were even less yeah. than the twenty percent that it's they shrinking. got yeah. as a result of giving away Jordan, which yeah. which by now had already changed its name to Jordan and was uh, well, actually it, it had already it was uh, by then had just gotten uh, independence. I think it was 1946 when they got independence. Uh, and we're now talking 1947, 1948. And so s- after that, the Arabs said, still no good. We still want more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then in 1967, again, just highlights here. There's other stuff that went on. 1967, an attack is made. Israel is attacked mm-hmm. by, well, first, well, actually before 1967, in 1948 to 1949, there's the war of attrition where they're, Israel's attacked, but they, they win back a little bit more of the land and they decide to protect themselves. You know what I mean? And then, uh, the Arabs are not happy with that. And Israel is now being whittled down because now Israel's pretty much 10% of what was intended. Mm-hmm. And so we can go over every one of the details, but the fact of the matter is this really is, well, the, the, the conflict with the Palestinians, is a conflict within a conflict within a conflict. We can mm. talk about that yeah. in a second, but it's it's really a question of they want the Jews out of there completely. Mm-hmm. And 100% of what was supposed to be wasn't good enough. 20% isn't good enough. 10% isn't good enough. They want the West Bank. They want the dis- so-called disputed territories. Mm-hmm. And so that's briefly. And so it all comes back to come back comes back to to the land. And they want they want the Jews out of the land. Yeah, and, and two, I, we need to make this this point, and I'm going to just make it very simple, from my understanding, and I hope I don't oversimplify it, but the Palestinian Liberation Organization was established in 1964. Correct. Right, and in 1964, Egypt still had control of the Gaza Strip. Right. So if that was the so-called land of the Palestinians, Egypt could have given them that land, and the West Bank was being con- was controlled then by, by Jordan. Jordan. Right. Jordan could have given the Palestinians the West Bank if that was their historic land, but neither of those Arab nations gave right. the Palestinians any land, right. you know, and so here we are, but okay, I, I know you want to say something no. more, but... We're going to get, go, Micah, if you could ask a question here. Yeah, well, I was just going to ask, you, you're talking about some of the ancient players, some of the, you know, players from about 50 years ago who are still involved today, but let's talk about, a little bit about the terrorist groups, you know, in yeah. general, our listeners now, they're surely familiar with Hamas, and we all knew ISIS and the Taliban, but can you tell us who are the primary terrorist groups involved here in this conflict? Sure. I mean, I mean... Iran goes without saying, but mm-hmm. whether you want to call them a terrorist group or not, let's just leave them in the background because they, they want to pretend to be in the background. Who are they funding? They are funding basically everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but according to them, they're funding nobody. Although recently, I, I, within the and last Hamas couple of days, they've admitted... Hamas is in the Gaza Strip, and Hezbollah 
although they're probably more widespread and larger, but they're more in the north of Lebanon. Is Right, right. I mean, it's hard to do this over the radio without a yeah. map, but if you could just imagine the state of Israel, to the southwest is the Gaza Strip, which, which has been debated. Sometimes it was part of Egypt, sometimes it wasn't. But anyway, we can talk. We, we need to talk about some of the details of why the Gaza is so incendiary mm. right now. Mm-hmm. But the, the West Bank, which is biblical Judea and Samaria, mm-hmm. that's on the eastern side of Israel, and it's a huge piece of land. Mm-hmm. And then to the very far north is the Golan Heights. The Golan Heights is bordering against Syria mm-hmm. in the north of Israel. Um, the 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 West Bank is bordering to Jor- with Jordan on the east, and the Gaza is on the southwest corner. Um, these three areas are considered the disputed uh, properties. Now, there are pr- primarily four terrorist groups that are active in these areas. You've got Hamas, which we've talked about. They are primarily located in the Gaza. There's Fatah, which is supposed to be the um, moderates, mm. if you will. And the Fatah Hamas um, quarrel mm-hmm. is, is 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 part of the history of why the the Gaza is so uh, in, in so much on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Hezbollah, which is um, basically functioning primarily in um, in Lebanon, which is which is sort of a an, a co-opted country by Syria, although they. They like to think of themselves as independent, but they're not really. Mm. Um, and then you have the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is also theoretically in in uh, not in Hamas in um, in the Gaza, but they don't have nearly the presence. Now, there's overlap in all of these things because these guys all help each other. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing to point out with this stuff is Hamas, um, Hamas. Hezbollah is unique among them because Hezbollah is made up of Shiite mm. uh, Arabs mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. whereas Hamas and the others are primarily Sunni Arabs. Mm-hmm. And that's important because those two groups hate each other, mm-hmm. but they hate Israel more than each other. Mm-hmm. And my enemy's enemy is my, my friend. friend. Uh-huh. And so there's there's sure. interesting, <laughs> sure uh, interesting bedfellows, to yeah. say the least. Um, in the setup here. Okay, so we've also heard, then, over the years, so many attempts for peace in the midst of all of these flare-ups. And many times there's been negotiations, sometimes there have been peace treaties. Jordan made peace with Israel at one point. Is, uh, Egypt made peace. We've, we've recently had even the Arab Accords, where United Arab Emirates and Bahrain made peace. So there have all been there's been a lot of different peace attempts and often there's been israel has traded land for peace so can peace truly be successfully negotiated there in it for israel's sake whether by swapping land or by other means well it doesn't seem possible among the palestinians um because they don't want peace Mm-hmm. You'd have to have a partner interested in peace to be able to achieve peace. Now, keep in mind, the, have the Palestinians, the PLO, the Palestinians, have they ever recognized Israel as a state that um, that has right to to any land? No, yeah. the charters of all of these groups is to the elimination of Israel and the Jews. 
typically. I mean, they're not yeah. just happy to eliminate Israel. They want to eliminate the Jews. But I think this is a good point to make a distinction here because I don't want to use terms too loosely and, um, and sound uh, stereotypical here. There's a difference, of course, between the Palestinians and the terrorist leaders yes. or the terrorist organizations. So, for example, you know, there are, there are nearly two million Palestinians living in Gaza. I don't think they're all uh, terrorists. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm per to be honest, I have friends that are Palestinian Arabs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to mm -hmm. tell you where they live, mm -hmm. but um, I have them and mm -hmm. uh, I know they're not terrorists. So it, the, the problem with the Palestinians is, f forgive me for the, for the il illustration here, but it works. They are hostages to their leadership. Mm. So Hamas is holding the Palestinians mm. hostage, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they, in fact, they're killing Palestinians even now. And I'm not saying that just to besmirch Hamas. They are literally, I mean, yeah. I have friends and, and, and I, people that I know that are giving me updates throughout the day, witnessing some of what's actually happening, and they are literally forbidding them from leaving the area mm -hmm. where the supposed ground incursion is, is going to take place. I mean, Gaza City is going to be focal point on all these things, and they're not letting people go. They want them to stay. Mm -hmm. And and they're notorious for, for using their own people mm -hmm. as hostages and taking their own uh, Palestinian babies and, and strapping them to themselves and charging after Israeli uh, military and daring the military, the Israeli mm -hmm. soldiers to shoot at them because there's a baby. So, you know, I'm not, uh, when I say the Palestinians, I mean the Palestinian leadership, mm -hmm. right? I, yeah. want, I don't want a broad brush and say all Palestinians are yeah. bad, but clearly the terrorists that run areas, and in the case of the, the Gaza, and in the case of the, the Palestinians in the Gaza, they are run by um, a terrorist group, a terrorist leaders. Uh, and so you can't, you can't make peace if your leaders are calling for the death and destruction of all of Israel and every Jew. And, and let, me, let me point out, um, I have seen textbooks. I've been, a, 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 friend, a, a person I know that's involved in, mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in an activity where they track what goes on in the Palestinian community and the Palestinian homes and schools. I've seen the textbooks. Mm -hmm. when, they, when, they, when they go to geography class mm -hmm. to learn about the history of our country, mm -hmm. they're not looking at maps of the West Bank and the Gaza and possibly, well, the Golan Heights is another issue altogether. So forget the Golan for this discussion. They look at a whole map of Israel. So they're taught from the time they're born that all of Israel is Palestine, uh -huh. but it's not Jewish Palestine mm -hmm. like after World War I, uh, even after taking off Jordan. It's Palestinian Palestine. Right. And so where do you... Where, where, where can you have peace? I would like to think it could happen, but, but, but at the same time, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. At no time in the history of the world, not one single time in the history of the world, has peace been accomplished by a negotiation. Negotiations take place after destruction yeah. and victory yeah. to divide up the spoils of war mm. and to build up the vanquished foe. But at no time in the history of the world has there ever been a negotiated peace except here. And it's never happened. It's been imposed upon Israel. Now, Israel came to uh, a peace agreement with, with, with Egypt, but that came at a price. That land, I mean, to answer your question, the answer is yes. Egypt did officially recognize Israel as a nation. I was focused more on the Arabian Peninsula, but right. Egypt did, okay, yeah. in, in 1979. And 
the thank you that Anwar Sadat got was for orchestrating that was he was killed. Now, yeah. interesting, where was he killed? Where was he assassinated? He was observing a parade that was a rejoicing celebration over the 1973 war when Egypt attacked Israel with with the worst attack against Israel until the mm -hmm. other day. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, and they were lauding their activity in that, and, 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 and here we come full circle yeah. 50 years later. Okay. So, dear friends. Times have not changed, even as we read Psalm 83 earlier, where the enemies of Israel said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. This Ultimately, this anti-Semitism mm -hmm. that we have seen throughout time is really a hatred against God, his word, and his plan. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we don't love all people, because God is the God of all people, dear friend. And we're going to go to a song and just a moment, but we do want to give our phone number. If there's anyone who does need any prayer or have any questions about our program and want to join in and even ask a question, maybe we could get you on. Call us at 929-333-3739. Again, that number is 929-333-3739. We're on this evening with Dr. Craig Hartman. We're talking about the conflict that has erupted in Israel. And we're going to come back after this song and continue our conversation talking about the present war. And so stick with us and give us a call if we can pray with you at 929-333-3739.
heaven and earth. Even when war breaks out, our God is the God of heaven and earth. And we are praying that God would even use this present conflict to fill the enemy's faces with shame that they might seek the Lord's name and come to Jesus Christ. So, Dr. Hartman, if you could just finish us up now as we were talking about the Gaza Strip, and then let's get into the present conflict. Yeah, I, I think it's important that we just um, highlight just a couple of things that bring us to today with respect to the Gaza. And that is because of the unrest that was happening in the Gaza and the difficulty that Israel had with dealing with it, even though they had given basically um, administrative um, oversight of it to the PLO back in 1993, there's a lot of, to squeeze in here. But anyway, in 2005, mm -hmm. they made the decision to leave the Gaza. Mm -hmm. And rather than use that as an opportunity to build up things and to and to to create an economy, they didn't. And then in 2006, a, a an election was took place, and the Hamas was won the election to be the leadership over Gaza. And you know we might we might be cynical about whether that was a fair election, but Jimmy Carter was there to make sure it was fair, and he said it was fair. Mm. So therefore, of course, it was fair, right? Well, anyway. That's how Hamas took over, and it's just been building and building and building since. And ever since then, they have taken really their funding not to rebuild or to build a solid nation, but to build a terrorist organization, Right. I think. So, so really, this is how Hamas has become strongly entrenched in the Gaza Strip. And so then let's talk about this present conflict. Why did this situation happen, and why now? And why don't we just ask that question? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, Dr. Hartman, I was in Israel last year during October at this exact time with Ellie, who's call screening for us tonight. And, you know, before you go to Israel, if you talk to people, they say, oh, be careful, you know, because it seems like Israel is almost on the edge of war all the time. So why did this happen now? What is the end game? You know, is Israel going to now take back full control of Gaza or are they just going to remove Hamas? But why did this conflict happen now? Well, I obviously can't know for sure but i have my own speculations and i think for that we have to remember that iran is behind all of it mm -hmm. um but they couldn't care less about hamas because hamas is sunni and they just view them as as um convenient uh um you know flunkies mm -hmm. to go and do their their bidding um it's not an accident that iran's position in the world is very different than it was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. We all know that they've been trying to stockpile nuclear weapons and ultimately want to use that to destroy as much of the world as possible in their in their desire to take over the world. And, and they'll do that someday. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're in any rush right now because according to their theology, that has to happen in conjunction with a messianic figure who will be on the scene at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, unless he's been found, you know, I don't know that they're feeling uh, especially a lot of pressure to, to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind, we have to understand that when when the and I'm not trying to make this political about America, but mm -hmm. uh, the facts are that the the Iranian economy was hurting um, when when Trump left mm -hmm. office. Yeah. And the Biden administration made a lot of changes to yeah. the economic that, that affected the, econ the, the, the economics of Iran. Mm -hmm. And over the last two and a half, three years, Iran has been built back up gaining a great deal of 70 to 100 billion dollars perhaps of of wealth mm -hmm. um a lot of that coming from uh 
from oil sales mm -hmm. that they're not supposed to be able to do, mm -hmm. but there's been either a removal of sanctions or a, a relaxing of the enforcement of sanctions on the part of what's supposed to be happening. And so Iran suddenly has itself flush with, with money, and it can do a lot more things. Already there's been admissions that the, the, the recent attacks were in the planning stages for over a year, but they were probably being built up as far as military and, and, and weaponry capability for longer than that. This is what kind of just kind of boggles my brain, too, in watching a conflict like this, though, is that America has propped up Iran, enriched Iran, as you, you said, even, you know, the, the famous $6 billion and so forth, mm -hmm. but even more through their oil, oil sales, as you just mentioned. And so, and that, that money is funding this terrorist activity against Israel. So in some kind of ways, American policies is, is helping Iran to, right, to fight against Israel and also American citizens that are there. Right. And yet we're, we're funding Israel. Mm -hmm. if, I feel like America's funding both sides of this war. Right. It's well, crazy. You know, in an interesting, we're in a crazy world. In, in an interesting, uh, again, not to make this too political, but an interesting interview that uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. had recently. Mm -hmm. He was asked why his policies are that he's that he's announcing because of his presidential run are 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 are, are, are diametrically opposed to what his own party was saying. Mm. And he said, well, you know, I was like a lot of other people. I hated Trump so much that I just disagreed with everything he did. Mm. But I'm finding that some of what America was doing under him was right. Now, again, not to make the issue out of it from a Trump perspective, but mm -hmm. uh, from, from a policy perspective, yeah. you don't want to mess around with with um, terrorists. Mm -hmm. And Americans yeah. tend to think of everybody else in the world as just like us. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is the people in the Middle East, especially the Iranians and the Shiites, they don't, and certainly the Sunnis as well, but they don't have a much potential power. Um, they don't think in terms of nuanced this and, you know, soft that. Mm -hmm. They think in terms of strength and might and power yeah. and force. Mm -hmm. And if they think that you are not going to uh, be a force to, mm -hmm. to reckon with, mm -hmm. they will take liberties. And so I think that also, coming back to the question, that may also be one of the things going on here. They may be testing America's resolve. They may be testing Israel's resolve. They may be using this to try and find out where some of the soft spots are. They may want to be seeing how much of the Arab world is going to respond. You talked earlier about peace treaties. Okay, as I said, I, I left Egypt out because I was thinking most about the uh, Arabian Peninsula. Um, we always have Jordan that entered into a peace, peace agreement with Israel, but that could turn at any moment because these are two countries, Egypt and Jordan, that have attacked Israel. So not from yeah. the rest of the countries except until we came to the Abraham Accords. Now, they are not peace treaties in a full sense, mm -hmm. but that's the first step in getting to peace mm -hmm. if we want to speak in a non-biblical sense, mm -hmm. just in a human sense. And what's one of the one of the fallouts of this whole mess is Syria has now stopped their normalization discussions with Israel which it, which Iran did not want because one of the things that Iran does not want is a is a is a unified block of Sunnis they're happy to have the Sunnis disagreeing with one another and they've sat back and watched the Abraham Accords and, and really couldn't do anything about it but you, but the, the 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 jewel is Saudi Arabia and they don't want Saudi Arabia c connecting with anybody else yeah. and Saudi Arabia wants to a, engage with Israel, mm -hmm. and they do so privately, by the way, they just don't say so publicly, mm -hmm. because they need Israel to help them protect themselves against uh, Iran, because they're more yeah. bothered about Iran. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a complicated world. It and is. Really, Micah, what we saw uh, the, the last few weeks has mm -hmm. been truly gut-wrenching yeah. to see 
Israel Israel homes broken into, families completely just just murdered on the spot. And I we have to commend our mayor Adams, mm -hmm. who gave a very powerful speech. And I he encourage did. all our listeners yep. to go online and listen to Mayor Adams' speech that he gave. He gave that yesterday, right? Yesterday morning, mm -hmm. when he said, "We are not all right." Young yeah. girls and grandmothers being pulled out of their homes, and then while that is fresh in everybody's mind, some New Yorkers are celebrating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that terrorism that was going on and and mayor adams even called for the disbanding and destruction of hamas mm -hmm. and so i commend mayor adams uh for that speech but um mike if you could ask dr hartman a question here. yeah i well i think i like that you said that there's not a whole lot of nuance on that side you know when they say death to israel death to the united states they, they, <laughs> they mean they, mean, they mean, oh yeah, yeah. So I think this I don't is, listen to your enemy, right? <laughs> this this conversation is important, and I think our listeners are very um, blessed by the information you're providing. But how should a Christian's attitude toward Israel? What sh what should they feel toward Israel? Like if if a Christian is unsure out there listening and they don't understand all the information that you're sharing with them, how should they feel in general about Israel? Well, what I would say to any believer, any Christian regarding Israel is the proper attitude and the proper perspective toward Israel is, is easy to remember. Mm. Stand and kneel. Stand with Israel and kneel before God for Israel. Mm -hmm. Stand with Israel in the sense that, hey, listen, Israel's not perfect. Mm -hmm. it's, not even a, it's not even a mostly religious country. Mm. It's a Jewish country, mm -hmm. but it's predominantly secular. 85 to 90 percent of Israel is secular. They're not going to make every decision that a believer is going to be happy with, but they still are the vehicle that God chose to bring Messiah into the world. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. And God used this people to preserve the scriptures. Okay? God still has a plan for them. God says he loves them. He loves them with an everlasting love. Mm -hmm. They're the apple of his eye. So I would say to any Christian, um, what God loves, I'm standing with what God loves. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I agree with everything they say or do, right. but I'm standing with what God loves because God said so. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, and, and the scriptures are full of, of references, uh, reference to that. And mm -hmm. of course, kneel. Uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Okay? Pray for the, pray for what's going on there. Okay, so I, I, I'm concerned about the in some circles where Israel is being interpreted out of the Bible. Mm. I mean, that that's kind of, to be honest, <laughs> that's a that's a theological anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. We can't remove don't remove Israel physically from the earth, mm -hmm. but don't remove them theologically from the scriptures they are at the heart of the plan of god why because i'm a jewish guy and i i, I want to be the, you know talk about it that way no <laughs> because that's what it says it's the plan it's, of the devil and it's it's given in psalm 83 verse 4 that the name of israel may right. be no more in remembrance right that's what the devil wants right because god does they are the apple of his eye. They right. are his chosen nation. And God does have a future plan with them that Satan wants to still thwart. And that's a you good know? point, because actually we can talk in terms, you know, whenever we have conversations, and I'm glad I can make this point, whenever I'm asked to speak on this subject, mm -hmm. whether it be in a, in a question and answer format like this or, or, or giving a seminar, I always have to remind myself to stop um, and, and remember that people want to understand the physical human earthly events that are happening in the context of scripture but the ultimate the reason for all of this is not what we're seeing but it's 
the principalities and powers that we cannot see. Mm -hmm. There has been a long war mm -hmm. between the devil and the, the, and the apple of God's eye. And uh, you, you alluded to it earlier, Pastor Matt. And so the real reason this is happening is because the, this, the devil hates Israel. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay, that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. okay, we, can put, yeah. we can look at Hamas. We can look at Hezbollah. We can look at Hitler. I mean, there are th this. And, and by the way, this is not the only time. This one's different, though. Mm. This one's different, and we're seeing a reaction by many people because you know why? Because of video. Mm -hmm. When 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 Israel is invaded and and people and the women and the children are carried off carried off captive, mm -hmm. it's a verse in the Bible, mm -hmm. and it doesn't knock us over. Mm. Okay, but when the same things are happening and we're seeing it in color mm -hmm. and in motion mm -hmm. on our television screens, and it's going all around the world, it's different mm -hmm. now it's not different but it yeah. is different you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. Now, and my concern is it didn't take very long for people to turn back against israel and why should it take these events for people to say good things about israel people in america so, there's a lot of demonstrations saying crazy things but there's all these great demonstrations and and all these countries around the world putting pictures of the israeli flag mm -hmm. that's today mm -hmm. give it a few days mm -hmm. it's going to wane as it from has the, every the, time from mm -hmm. the christian perspective dear friends i would say we must stand with israel and get on our knees for this nation as they fight against wicked terrorism and we should pray as the psalmist said in psalm 83 verse 13 oh my god make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind as the fire burns a wood as the flame sets the mountains on fire and it, and and he and this psalm even says that they would do to to these terrorists like jail did to Sisera. Right. And that is, I mean, that has right. put a nail right through his skull. I mean, right. and that's very violent. But yeah. but that's how you have to deal with terrorists with with total violence. So let's get finally into the prophetic perspective here. Okay. And before we do, let me just say one yeah. thing. Okay. We won't we won't belabor the point, but mm. let's also pray for the Palestinian people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank okay. you. Okay. They are being abused yeah, as well absolutely by, by the Hamas leadership. terrorists yeah. mm -hmm. and I'm not saying every one of them is bad or good but mm -hmm. there are people in there among them that mm -hmm. need our prayer yeah and they need yeah, to know the Lord mm -hmm. and they need to be they need to have these wicked oppressors taken off of the, mm -hmm. be, uh, being unyoked from these from taken away yeah. from them as well yeah. yeah yeah thank you thank you for sharing that so from a prophetic perspective in prophecy we see Russia the bear of the north, and we see Russia rising. We see the kings of the east, whether that's Iran or China. We see these nations in, in confederation, don't we, mm -hmm. in this day and age. And then, of course, we see the... The, the the Western nations, a revived Roman Empire right. rising out of out of the West, a revived kind of Roman Empire, which is a globalist system called Babylon, and we see globalism on the rise amongst the Western nations, and I also see the death of America, which is going to perhaps leave the vacuum for the Antichrist to rise, right. and now we see this interesting piece of the puzzle. Even with this, is that who? How is the world going to make peace with Israel? Mm. where that's where the Antichrist could well fit into this. So these are at least some of the, this is some of the sketch going through my brain. So why don't you, from a per prophetic perspective, could you share how you see how these events fit into Bible prophecy? Sure. Let me begin by disappointing a lot of people and then maybe uh, reestablishing myself as a friend in a few <laughs> seconds after that. Uh, First of all, it's important that we all understand that nothing that we're seeing before our eyes 
is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy per se. Mm -hmm. Unless right. we want to talk about one particular prophecy from Genesis chapter 16, where where it's the story of Hagar and Ishmael, mm -hmm. and we're given some information about Ishmael. Yeah. And the Arab people, I mean, if we, if we study this table of nations in the Bible, we find that the Ishmaelites settled in the Arabian Peninsula, mm -hmm. right? And that's the Arab people. So the Arab peoples are the descendants, essentially, mm -hmm. of Ishmael. And mm -hmm. it says Ishmael is going to be a wild man. Mm -hmm. His hand is going to be against every man and every man against his hand. He's going to live defiantly in the presence of his brethren. Okay? Mm -hmm. Paraphrasing mm -hmm. a little bit. So this is Ishmael mm -hmm. running wild, as he did in 9-11, and as he's done in a million other circumstances and instances throughout history. Mm -hmm. um, right. Can I just say, though, yeah. it's not a fulfillment of what's going on now. It's not a fulfillment of specific prophecy, right. but it helps us to see how prophecy could well be that's, fulfilled. That's where I was going. So I was saying, if there's if there's a prophecy that we say that, that we can say this is a fulfillment of, it's that one mm -hmm. in Genesis 16. But it's not the only fulfillment of it. There are many fulfillments of that as, right. as Ishmael has run wild over the centuries mm. and millennia. However, there's something to be learned by this because we see throughout the scriptures all kinds of predicted future events that look a lot like this. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Russia aligning with Syria and Russia aligning with Middle Eastern nations, that harkens us to the, the, the people of the far north joining up with Middle Eastern nations coming against Israel at the border of Israel. Well, that's there right now. Mm -hmm. Fighters, Russian and Iranian fighters are side by side. And Russia is very interested in what's going on here because through Syria, they have a military base right there in the Middle East, which is something I think that China is trying to, 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 to get a hold of, which is why China has been increasing their activity in the Middle East. They've come, they've come, they've in, engaged in numerous agreements with, uh, Iran and they are the biggest buyer of the oil and the other things that have enriched Iran while we have allowed them to be enriched. It's a little bit rich, if I could use the term differently, it's a little bit rich and, and late for Blinken and all these guys to be now saying what they're saying when we we have played with a vicious enemy mm. thinking that they're reasonable and can be dealt with by negotiation and they can't be. Mm. And people are, are suffering for it. Now, I'm not blaming America for terrorists, but I'm saying we ought to not be participating mm -hmm. and we, we are, unfortunately. And um, so the, 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 um, the point is that all of these things are lining up with scripture, whether it's Gog and Magog from Ezekiel 38 and 39, mm -hmm. uh, Revelation 16, the kings of the east coming across. We see all of this lining up and mm -hmm. we can easily see the fact that America is becoming less and less relevant mm -hmm. all at the same time. I mean, think about it. All right. And I'm sure this is something that many of our listeners or your listeners, actually, sorry, um, have probably wondered about. I, I, I know I've said it mm -hmm. I've, and many people I speak to in various churches, but yeah. I I knew this was coming because I studied the scriptures, mm -hmm. but I never thought I'd see these things in my lifetime. Mm, yeah. It seems like it happened so fast. Mm -hmm. It seems like everything just fell apart mm. so fast. Mm -hmm. And yet we see it. And the, and the, and the bottom line is this needs to be viewed as evangelical, mm -hmm. right? I think prophecy is too often left to intellectual titillation, mm. but if we're faced with pictures before our very eyes, literally pictures before mm -hmm. our very eyes of what is yet to come in the future, mm -hmm. and this isn't that, and that's going to be much worse, right? Two-thirds of the Jews will perish yeah. in that During the great tribulation, tribulation yeah. Matthew 24. We didn't get yeah. into all that, okay? That should motivate us now to be 
spreading the gospel. Mm -hmm. So prophecy, if it's used correctly, and if we can get our heads out of the horror, which is hard to do and we shouldn't, we it, it should motivate us to reach reach the lost. Mm. Yeah, uh, Dr. Hartman, we just have a few seconds left here, but I, when I was in Israel, me and Ellie spent quite a bit of time through a series of events with a Palestinian Christian, and I got to know him before I asked him this question, but I said, you know, what is, in your opinion, what is the solution? And he said, there actually is no solution between the Jews and the Palestinians, except Jesus. Jesus is our only solution. Right. One final word on the prophecy. Don't look for America in prophecy. It's not there <laughs> unless it comes against Israel because all the nations of the world will come against Israel. Yeah. And you kind of wonder, though it never seemed possible, it's certainly possible now because we don't have to change very much right now to leave Israel thinking that they're without us. Mm, yeah. Dr. Hartman, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time tonight. And may the enemies of our God be confounded and troubled forever. Let them be put to shame and perish psalm 83 verse 17 that men may know that thou whose name alone is jehovah lord he's our most high god he is el el yon lord over all the earth his name is jesus christ let us bow to jesus and give him glory good night Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.